so easy just to throw out all the intention because you feel like you can't measure up and do what somebody else is doing or that maybe your rhythms are nothing to write home about, nothing to Instagram about. And that's totally fine. You don't need to do anything that is impressive. All you need to do is to be intentional for setting up for the next phase, whether it's going to sleep and having a good morning or whether it's setting up for the rest of your day. Hi, I'm Shelby. I'm Macaulay. And I'm Clary, and this is Make Space to Thrive. We're passionate about helping women craft intentional lifestyles that empower them to achieve their most life-giving goals. So grab a warm drink and let's jump right in. I'm really excited about today's because it's about how to build a morning and evening rhythm. And this has been a life-changing thing for me, but not in the way that I expected. When I first started on crafting my own morning and evening rhythm, I started with researching like what the top productivity gurus do for their morning and evening rhythms. And I thought, okay, this is it. I'm going to create these amazing rhythms that are going to change my life. And I'm going to have all this time and space for being able to work on my most important goals. But then I found that as I was trying to copy and paste these gurus rhythms into my own life, they didn't translate well at all. Um, A lot of these people didn't have small children or they were going to go into an office. And so they were able to have maybe more quiet time than I did available, or they didn't have to be quite as strategic about it. I found that when I was trying to take all of these great ideas of how you could shut down in the evening and uh, to get a good night's rest and um, boot up in the morning to get a lot of work done in one day, that when I tried to take all these great ideas and put them in my own life, I just found myself getting worn out by uh, the time that, you know, the evening came around and I would look at these, this like, rhythm that I had created that was like 20 things long. And I'm like, I do not feel like doing that. I just want to kick back and rest now, not like do this whole rhythm and this whole routine. And then in the morning as well, I'd find that my entire morning would get eaten up trying to do all of these quote best practices that these gurus recommend. And then I wouldn't get the most important things done that I needed to in the morning. And I wouldn't feel nourished and fueled and ready to begin the day. And so this entire episode is about how to build a morning and evening rhythm, but we want to give you permission to craft rhythms that work for your unique life. And we do know that, you know, a good morning starts the evening before. And so that's why we're covering both evening and morning rhythms in this episode. But we want you to go into it with a this mindset that you have good intuition about these things, and we want to give you permission to lean into that intuition and craft rhythms that actually make sense for your particular life and values. Exactly. And like Shelby said, the reason that we're doing morning and evening is because these are the bookends of your day, and they fuel each other so much, um, so much of it. Um, has to do with your own energy levels and knowing yourself and knowing what your family needs. And so these two rhythms really work in tandem with each other and can sort of form the foundation of intentional living um, that can get to the point 
that is very automated. And we're going to talk about that later, but just it won't always be a lot of work to execute these rhythms, especially if you give yourself permission to do what works for you. So the big question, how do you even get started um, with crafting a morning and an evening rhythm? The best way that I have found to do this, um, especially when I was first starting to think about this concept um, probably a year or a year and a half ago, is to ask yourself the questions, um, to get a piece of paper, to grab your planner, a notebook, something that you'll want to reference later. So make sure that you hang on to these notes. But essentially, we're going to walk you through a brain dump session in a sense that will lead you towards crafting these rhythms. Um, So the first question is to say, what do I have to do each evening to set up well for the next day? So if you're someone who, you know, likes waking up to a fresh house, is it straightening the house? Um, Is it vacuuming so that you're not, you know, trudging through crumbs as you walk out of your bedroom? Um, Is it getting the coffee prepped for the morning? Is it packing lunches so that you don't have to do it in the morning and those are set for your kiddos? This can look like a lot of different things. Um, You know, do you shower every evening? Any of those things, what do you have to do um, each evening to set up well for the next morning? Um, Both for yourself personally, but then also for your family if you're married and have kids. Um, And then similarly, the next question is, what do you need to do each morning to set up well for the day? Uh, And so some of these, again, might be very obvious, like if you don't pack lunches and your kids go to school. Uh, you know, then they're going to kind of be left in the lurch, right? So like some of them will be very obvious, but then other ones, like you may have to ask yourself, okay, do I have to get dressed first thing in the morning to set myself up well for the day? Am I that type of person or am I the type of person who sort of gets dressed, you know, midday because I have that flexibility? Um, I know lots of women this way who, you know, even they work at home, they will knock out a bunch of tasks in the morning, get dressed at lunchtime, and then go into the rest of their day. So this can be very personal. Again, huge permission here to do it in your own style. Um, So asking yourself, okay, what has to be done each morning to set up the rest of the day well? And then when you go to craft your rhythms, you're going to start with the things that are set. So if you have a work commute, if you have children who nap at certain times throughout, you know, in the morning, if you, um, you know, work at home and, but your husband leaves at a certain time or you're dropping kids off at mommy's day out, any of those things that are set that happen every day at the same time or are fairly set, you know, babies always fluctuate their naps. But if you have a general idea, you're going to start by writing in what are those set things, um, you know, those anchors, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute, that just happen every day that you have to fit in. You have to make those a part of your life because, you know, they're set. And then the next question to ask is to think about how you have been operating over the last month or six weeks, or if you're coming off a crazy season to think back to when rhythms were going well. And to really lean into that question of what is going well. I have shared this before, but I am someone who, when I feel down, my automatic like train of thought is nothing is working. (laughs) And that is so rarely true. And so being able to actually honor and recognize what is going well helps you, one, to feel encouraged, and two, to not throw things out that are actually going well, to sort of take those things that are going well. Okay. It's working really well for me to get dressed before the kids get up or, 
you know, like either it's different seasons where I would, you know, try to do that right after breakfast and that did not work well. It would end up with me like having all of my kids in my tiny bathroom underfoot and like it would be 9 a.m. and we'd all be very frustrated at each other, you know? And so, so anyway, so just being flexible, but really asking yourself what is working well and what's not working well. So that then you also have those pain points of like, okay, these are the things I need to address. So you sort of have this, you know, giant list that you're brain dumping and already I can almost guarantee it just from writing those things down, you have a lot of ideas. So start capturing those ideas. Okay. I could do this, or maybe I should try this, or can I, you know, coordinate with my husband to where, you know, he does this and I do this, like all of those different ideas, get them down on paper because a lot of this building a rhythm is going to take some practice. Um, you're going to try something. It might work really well at first. Um, and you'll be so excited. You may try something and it's not working, but you still really think it could. So you give it a little bit more time. You may try something and it doesn't work at all. And you throw it out and you go back to the drawing board and say, okay, you know, how can I solve this problem? What is the pain point? Um, and how can I continue to build off of that? And so another really great tip that, um, Shelby has talked about before is just tying any of your new habits to an existing anchor. And so if you're trying to build something into your morning or evening rhythm, Look for something else that you already do every day. This can be as simple as like, I'm going to take my vitamins before I brush my teeth because probably brushing your teeth is a set rhythm and taking your vitamins, if you're trying to add that in, could be something you add to it. Um, you can do this with anything. Like I have found a lot of success when I have tied my physical therapy exercises two different rhythms. I, it actually totally changed me from being very infrequent with them to being able to get them done like five to seven times a week, which is so, you know, encouraging. It really fuels your motivation when you can start to see this progress happen because you're tying your new habits to existing anchors. So by asking these questions and then just sitting down and just starting to map it out, whether your morning starts at 7 a.m. or whether it starts at 6 a.m., you just start to sort of time block and write out, okay, this is when I think this could happen. This is when I think this could happen. And same with your evening rhythm, you know, okay, we eat dinner at this time, you know, start with post dinner onwards. You know, this is when my kids get PJs on, we do reading or I prep the coffee and my husband cleans the kitchen, you know, however that works, you just sort of write it down and you just keep working at it and experimenting and trying out different things and giving yourself a lot of permission to try new things and to fail and to figure out what's working and go back to the drawing board when you kind of get stuck. And the last thing I'll say um, in this section is just that there are obviously times when your whole rhythms feel very unpredictable. This could be just a season of crazy or a health crisis or even something that's not a crisis, but just like a postpartum season. You know it's coming, but it still kind of throws all your rhythms up in the air. We actually have an entire episode called six tips for getting out of the crazy, which walks you through exactly how you can manage those overwhelming seasons. And we also have a whole episode on planning while postpartum. So if you find yourself in one of those seasons, we will link those in the show notes. And those are great listens for when you need that more in-depth help on those specific types of seasons. Right. So just like Clary had mentioned earlier, when you do these practices and you have um, written down a lot of ideas and you have started working towards cultivating a very solid morning rhythm, these things really do become automated. I know for all of us, we have a good idea of what our morning should look like to set us up for success. Myself specifically, I have my morning rhythm down to where I don't even have to think about it. I don't have to wonder, you know, what exactly 
exactly should this look like? And my tips for how I've even gotten there is just repetition and really coming back to the drawing board anytime I think that something is a little off or something hasn't settled well. You know, you, you give an idea a good week or so to figure out whether or not it's just an off day and that's why it didn't work or it's really not going to work for the season that you are in specifically. But you're able to fine-tune, like we said, this rhythm specifically to fit your lifestyle and in context of your particular season. So for me, even when we were talking about this particular episode, I was like, I don't know if I have very much to offer, really anything to say, but we realized it's just because of how automated my morning rhythm and even my evening to-dos have become where it's just so second nature. So I just wanted to encourage you that as you continue to practice it and tweak it and just throw around some ideas and really work with your family. I mean, your kids will catch on to what kind of things you're doing each day. Um, and in what time frames you're doing them, they will know what to expect as well. And it's just going to be something that builds and is really grounded in your home as a whole. And so it really becomes something you don't even have to think about. And I know it can feel a little daunting now thinking I have to make this whole rhythm and I don't even know where to start. But with these practical steps that we've mentioned and just consistency and little by little, you'll get to the place where you know, you know, your kids know and your husband know what Y'all want to expect for the morning and the evening every single day, and you won't even realize it's happening until you look back and you realize, hey, I've arrived. <laughs> you know, like this is this is part of what I've always hoped would be part of my day. No, Macaulay is absolutely right. It does become an automatic thing that you can use as a framework for the other things that matter to you in life. And I honestly would not have believed that if she would have told me that just a few years ago, I would have been like, you're crazy. This is just a pipe dream. This is what some people do. Maybe if they don't have kids, of course she had kids. And so <laughs> I was like, okay, if she can do this, I can do this, you know, but it, it, is so overwhelming if you haven't experienced it working for you yet. And so again, going back to the questions that Clary asked earlier in this episode, those questions will help you create a framework for your evenings and for your mornings that become a framework for the rest of your day and your other goals. And that actually truly can become an automatic rhythm that you begin to do without even thinking about it, which I think is absolutely amazing. And it has helped me so much in my own life. So I'm going to go through each question that Clary asked, and I'm going to show you how I used it to set up my own evening and morning rhythms. So the first question was, what do I have to have done each evening to set up the next day well? So my husband and I asked this question with each other. And that was great to have that conversation together because we both have uh, very similar core values in how we want our lifestyle to be, how we want to feel in our own home. And so being able to sit down together and discuss how our home was not feeling that way in one season of life. It didn't feel cozy. We weren't excited to wake up the next morning and tackle things because we didn't feel at home in our own home. We felt stressed out by the way that the home was. We were able to recognize that with each other and then troubleshoot it together. And so we created, you know, we divided the labor of what we wanted to be done between 
ourselves and really isolated out what actually mattered to us. And we both agreed that we wanted to go to bed with a clean house. That was something that was important to both of us. And so we talked about what did that look like and what actually needed to be clean. And so we knew, okay, well, the kids, we're going to eat dinner together as a family. And as soon as dinner is over, we're going to be putting the kids down within about half an hour. And so you know, between the two of us, we know that bedtime has to happen. We know that the kitchen needs to be cleaned from after dinner. And we know that the rest of the house needs to just be tidied up and it needs to be, um, you know, vacuumed if it, you know, if the floors are really, really grimy um, or the bathroom might need to be cleaned. And so we just knew like the whole house, we wanted to have a good once over. And so once we have dinner and the kids are on their way to bed, we just divide that labor and we ask each other each night because it really depends on who has the energy that evening to do what. And also we know that sometimes one of us will have an evening meeting or a workshop to run or uh, some kind of work that we need to knock out that evening. And so we just discuss that and divide the labor. And just being able to have that open discussion with each other set the expectations before we get into the evening rush has helped us so much. And so usually my husband does clean the kitchen. Um, We might do bedtime together. I usually hit the rest of the house and try to get some laundry done and things like that. And we try to move through that within, you know, about 30 minutes and be able to move into the rest of our evening. And once we've gotten the house just settled, then we know, okay, to set up the next day well, what we both need to do is know that we've gotten done with any last work tasks that needed to be done. Um, we, you know, I like to take a shower in the evening and we like to just connect and hang out and like have some time where we're not hustling. And so those, those are the elements of our evening, cleaning the house, me getting a shower, knocking out whatever you know, evening work tasks, and then getting to hang out and not hustle. And so notice that doesn't have like 20 other ideas that another guru might do for their evening shutdown routine. I don't have to say, oh, and I need to read, you know, read a chapter of a book, and I need to make sure that I journal, and I need to make sure that I do this and that and that and, you know, evening yoga and all that stuff. It's Instead, it was like, what do we personally need? And so now that has become so automatic that we hit all of the things that matter most to both of us, and we feel very set up and ready, you know, ready to get a good night's rest once we get through that and we can get to bed at a pretty good time and get all those things done. So then we can say, okay, in the morning, what do we have to have done to set up the rest of the day well? And again, we've had that conversation about our morning as well. And I like to work in the morning and try to get done with the bulk of my work before the kids wake up, especially if I'm having a strong um, season where I'm not needing extra sleep. And so a lot of times I'll do what's called a farm boy morning where I get up and just knock out the biggest work tasks that I have. And so having had that conversation, you know, I know that I'm going to need coffee and I'm going to need to eat a little bit of something and I'm going to need to get through some serious work. And Kyle knows that he wants to, um, you know, have his do, do his devotionals and get his shower. And then he makes breakfast and takes care of the kids until... I come out um, of my office and we're able to do the morning together. But knowing that I need to get a little bit accomplished in a normal 
high energy morning really helps me to feel very confident that my morning has been spent well. And I have also anchored in there, um, spending some time in the word before I dive into work. And that's again, using that anchor, like Clary had talked about to create that habit. Um, I love studying scripture in the morning, but knowing that, okay, I'm going to do it before I get started on work and I need to get some work done helps me to balance out my morning. Uh, between those two things. So that creates my morning routine. And then I know after I have breakfast with the kids, we roll into getting dressed and doing chores and doing morning basket. And one thing is that there's not a lot of little things that all have to get done in my evening routine and in my morning routine. It's not like a, a hundred tiny little things I'm trying to fit in. It's it's very broad, basic things that I have grouped together as a morning rhythm, as an evening rhythm, and it helps me set up for everything else creates that framework for my day. Kali, I know you have a way of using your planner to help you stay on track with your morning and evening rhythms. Right. That's something I've always um, implemented into my spreads in my annual, which is our 12-month bird's eye view of the year. And I like to just kind of give myself my ideal rhythm, you know, with what I already know works and maybe a few tweaks here and there every single month. Every month I rewrite out this rhythm so that I can really refine it and really adjust it. Um, And the reputation helps me to remember what it is that I was expecting of myself to be at. I don't put hours by it very often. Sometimes I'll put general time frames that I will have certain things done, but I'm not like, you know, timing it like a routine where every 30 minutes, you know, we change to something else or every two hours it's shifting. So that flexibility allows me to take whatever life throws at us when it comes to if a kiddo wakes up really grumpy or if, you know, somehow breakfast gets dropped on the ground and <laughs> it just changes, obviously, the time frame in which we do all the tasks that we would normally do. And so actually when I was originally trying to develop a rhythm that I went by and was training myself to actually follow something a little more structured for our morning, I would write it in my monthly. So in the right-hand side where the flex space is beside your week grid, I would write out my rhythm. So every single week I was writing out what I wanted to see happen for our days. Um, And like I said, there was just that flexibility for whether or not we actually were able to stick to it very closely or if things changed, I would just kind of make a note so I could take that into consideration when adjusting it the next month. But my rhythm usually goes a little something like this. Philip does morning time with the kids, so my kiddos have loved to wake up bright and early, (laughs) six (laughs) o'clock. And go wake up their daddy, but I usually am either up with pregnancy insomnia or a nursing baby. I've just had a lot of those seasons, so I tend to take the morning to rest longer. And Philip will start working on breakfast and hanging out with the kids. He actually really adores this time for him personally to connect with the kiddos because he's at work for the rest of the day. And then so around, just for the sake of an ideal, I'll give a time frame to when we generally do this kind of thing. Around eight-ish, we will eat, and then immediately after Philip leaves for work, around nine, we will do what I do, what I call a quick clean. Now, when Philip's home, we like to do a little bit of a morning devotional with the kiddos, ask them a few catechism questions, go over a few scriptures, and sing songs, and then take turns praying, and you're just something really laid back, but also centering the day really well. 
And like I said, after he leaves at nine, we do a quick clean over the house. My kids know they have their morning chore, which is to attempt cleaning their own room. It's still a work <laughs> in progress. I mean, I worked on this for years, but anyways, <laughs> no, we're still um, adjusting how they can better learn to clean their own room. They are five, four, and three. That's <laughs> <This is true. laughs> high expectations, right? <laughs> I help them quite frequently. Anyways, we do a quick clean. I always know exactly what it is that I need to do in my cleaning. I clean my room. I get all the extra laundry and put it in its area that it needs to be. Whether it's clean, I'll put it in the laundry basket to be folded. If it's dirty, take it to the laundry room. I start a load of laundry and then I clean the kitchen from the breakfast and the um, breakfast dishes and things like that. And then I sweep all the crumbs up from the kitchen from just the kiddos eating um, and that gets the house. And I probably will pick up like the toys in the living room and adjust the pillows and, you know, get everything just looking fresh because I don't tend to do this very often in the evening. Like Shelby had mentioned that they did. So I take a little bit of time to just really reset the house and make it look nice um, where I can feel inspired to tackle the rest of the day. And this next part, it'll be about 1030 usually. I'm switching gears and we've got the kit, we've got the house kind of reset and cleaned. Now, sometimes in my rhythm, I'll have something like exercising at this time while the kiddos either play close um, around the house outside or they'll exercise with me. Um, other times I'll just do like a stretching video. We also have the option of just putting on music and dancing around, getting a little bit of energy out and our blood pumping a little bit. Then I like to obviously dress after the exercising for you know obvious reasons but this helped me actually do when i was cultivating the habit to exercise tagging it on to dr- getting dressed in the morning was the way that i was most um consistent with it like she mentioned i anchored exercising to getting dressed but i knew i wasn't going to really allow myself to get ready for the day if i haven't you know exercised and taking a shower when that was my priority. Right now in this specific season of my life, it's not a large priority. It's more of getting my heart rate up and maybe um, stretching and things like that, less extensive exercise. But after you know getting dressed and the kids having a little independent play, then we would do our time to connect for morning basket and some school time. And this always was the best or I learned, I should say, that this was the best solution for me. A lot of times, Claire has mentioned in episodes past that she needs to kind of connect almost first things with her boys to set up a successful day for them. But for me, I I kind of would rush past it because I had so much to-dos on my brain if I tried to do it first thing, like sitting down with the kiddos and connecting with them, but there's a huge load of dishes to be washed or, you know, feeling just a little bit like I'm not being able to be at peace and settled with them. So when we do our connecting in morning basket around 11, 11.30, my brain is clear, we're all at peace, we're all calm, and we have a really good time together. And then the kids can ask me a million questions, you know, about the story that we're talking about or about anything that's on their mind, and I'm actually equipped and able to answer those questions without feeling overwhelmed by it. So after we wrap up morning basket and have that good solid time together, I allowed them to go and do independent play, whether that be outside or just in their room or even in the living room quietly, and I can tackle the one to three tasks that I really set out for myself for that particular day. Typically, I write these tasks out the day before. If I haven't, then I will usually use this time after I've connected with the kiddos 
to write it out and to jump into my planner and figure out what the rest of the day needs to look like. Once I've gotten this one to three tasks complete, the rest of my day can just flow on however it wants to. I can hang out with the kiddos or do a little bit more cleaning here and there. It just nothing has to be very structured after that point. And I can just, you know, work from there. And then when I'm setting up like an evening rhythm, mine isn't very extensive at all. I like to be quote unquote off of work after dinner time. So we have dinner at five, you know, I prep and cook that and then I clean up afterwards. And then we're just kind of, you know, free roam and hang out together. And it's really, really, really laid back. The only thing I like to do particularly in the evening is like feed my sourdough starter and, you know, look in my planner and kind of write a few things down. Yeah, I forgot to even mention when I use my planner in my morning rhythm, and I always do that after I read my Bible and before I start work, because it helps me set up for my work morning. But Macaulay just mentioned that using her planner in the evening, and I was like, well, this is a planner company, so she, I should probably share when I use my planner for in my morning rhythm. Well, and it's one of those things, like you said, that has become so automated and so yes. part of your life that you don't even think about when you use it. So when I have been um, working on our family rhythms recently, which I feel like they shuffled a lot in the last year with having Stella in last April, it's been really interesting with our family rhythms because there have been a lot of moving parts in the last um, year or two. One, because we had Stella in last April, and then with everything going on and my husband's office being open and then closing and then open and then closing, (laughs) it has really required a lot of flexibility with our rhythms. And so it's funny, at this point, we have kind of two morning rhythms. One, if my husband is going into the office and a different one if he is at home. And um, he has a pretty long commute. It's about 45 minutes one way. And so it really does change how our whole day goes, whether he's going to be you know, home for an extra hour and a half in the day or whether he's going to be gone. Um, but it's been nice kind of getting to that and going, okay, I know which rhythm we're doing, even though it's not necessarily the same every day. I am a morning person. And so I love the seasons when I'm able to get up early before my kiddos. Um, Ideally, I love to get up at least an hour before them, but a lot of times it's just a half hour. And I just use that time to drink that first cup of coffee in peace. Um, I do some reading and then I pull out my planner and just make sure that I know what needs to get done that day. I generally do my, you know, time blocking and my top targets. Um, Recently, I've been focusing on a lot of the prompts in our planner. That's one of my um, big focuses for this year is to really use utilize all of those because they help me so much just with my mental clarity and stress levels. And so I do all of that. And really that planner session, unless it's just been a long, like crazy week, that takes 15 minutes to do all of that, to plan our day and to work through the prompts. Um, And then my kids come out and we um, get breakfast for them. If my husband's going to work, he leaves Um, kind of in the middle of our breakfast. And so he helps me get it set up. And then sometimes he um, hugs them and is out the door. And other times he, you know, stays with us and is there for the rest of our morning. But after breakfast, we do a little family devotion. um, And then this is sort of where it starts going in two directions, depending on whether Mark is home for the day or not. But if he is home, then he takes that time and he has daddy boy time and they go play in the toy room and do something very high energy because my children have a remarkable amount of energy when they wake up in the morning. 
Um, and I use that time to go do my um, PT exercises and I have um, something that I listen to every morning and then I get dressed while he's playing with the boys. Um, and Stellan goes down for a nap somewhere in there, depending on when he woke up. And if Mark is not home, then I put hold and pause and all of that. And I play with the boys and we kind of connect and then I'll get dressed at some point, you know, later in the morning. Um, after that, I always have a few kitchen tasks that I tackle. My four-year-old does our breakfast dishes, so he's in there and I'm helping him with that. And then I will do just anything that I need to start doing. So whether it's getting something that I am baking going or pulling meat out of the freezer for our dinner, which I know because I thought about it when I did my planning session. This is so silly, but it's one of the biggest things that's changed for me since having a planner is that I no longer have frozen meat at 5 p.m. when I'm trying to cook dinner and it's so <laughs> nice. And so it's small, but it's so helpful. And so, and then after that, I normally do like a couple of household things. Like if I need to start a load of laundry or, you know, if that bathroom is just like staring me down and I have to clean it, I do those types of things. So just some little household stuff. And then, um, I switch to doing something with my kids. Um, this is pretty unstructured right now, but we'll either, you know, sit together and read books or we'll play Duplos or, you know, whatever, whatever thing we're kind of feeling for that day. And that's, pretty much the basis of our morning rhythm. So I would say that that generally wraps up before 10 a.m. each morning because it's pretty short and concise. And then our the rest of our day kind of flows from there. Sometimes we run errands or, you know, they play outside or whatever. And so the middle of our day is pretty um, flexible. But then for our evening rhythm, this is something that has also really helped me just this whole idea of rhythms and writing it down and brainstorming, kind of like we talked about at the start of this episode, is it helped me to realize the flow of my energy levels, because like I said, I'm a morning person and I'm not a night owl, nor am I an evening person. And so I like, if I try to plan any tasks in the evening, even putting in a load of laundry, it will not happen most of the time because I get to that evening and I'm like, no, I just want to like clean the kitchen, you know, do a quick tidy of the house and then be done, <laughs> like prep the coffee and be done. Um, and even, you know, I have to really push myself to like start my sourdough in the evening because it just seems like one more thing, you know, oh. but anyway, so that's basically the gist of it is that we after dinner, you know, we get our kids in bed and we kind of either tag team on that or we'll divide and conquer depending on how much um, attention the boys are needing, <laughs> um, what kind of day we're having. And then we'll work to clean the kitchen, prep the coffee. I'll almost always start something, you know, sourdough related. And then um, we wind down from there. And I just kind of know that I can't really plan evening tasks because my energy level is so low. Um, one of the biggest parts of my evening rhythm is to be in bed before 10 p.m. Um, the earlier, the better. And so we keep the evenings pretty flexible. But then it's also nice because I know that if I have an evening that um, I suddenly have a lot of energy, it gets me really excited to jump into a work task because I know it's such a rare event for me. So then it really motivates me like, oh my gosh, I have so much energy tonight. Like I can go knock out editing two blog posts or whatever it is. And so knowing that it's a rare event actually really motivates me to capitalize and use it for something, for knocking out a more, you know, big, a, a bigger task. And so that's kind of what our evening rhythms look like. And they're really simple, but it does having, um, you know, a clean kitchen for me is a huge priority having the floor swept, you know, those types of things, prepping the coffee and then that's it. And then we just wind down until we head to bed. And one last tip I wanted to mention, because it helped me so significantly when I was really developing a 
solid rhythm for our family is to kind of make a twofold rhythm where you write down, I would write down all of the tasks that I would do. Like if I'm getting dressed right now on the um, right-hand side, what are the kids doing? So as I'm writing down this rhythm and trying to make it outline for myself and knowing what I want to do, whether I'm getting dressed or exercising or cleaning or doing, you know, tasks the kids aren't particularly involved in, I also have written down what's occupying their time, whether they're cleaning their room, working on getting dressed, maybe taking a bath, playing outside. There's always multiple things that you can do to help um, entertain them or have their time occupied as well. And I would put those where I could see them at the same time frame. So if I'm exercising, you know, in my room or something, I know that there isn't this large chunk of time where my children aren't occupied with something specific and are just kind of going off the handle in in a different room. Um, And so this was just so helpful for me and for them to know what they're going to expect out of their morning. If mommy's doing this, then it's obvious that I am doing, you know, um, getting dressed right now or whatever it may be. But that was just such a huge tip for me when I would write it out every week to have the kids' little rhythm and mine that corresponded um, and were in sync with one another. And you can use all these tips that we're sharing for building your morning and evening rhythms. You can use them for other rhythms that you're trying to establish in your days, whether it's a cleaning rhythm or a homeschooling rhythm or really whatever after school rhythm, if your kids uh, go to school, whatever that looks like for you, that next rhythm that you need to create to create that good intentional framework for the rest of your day, these tips can help you to do that. And you just ask again, what will set up the next phase of whatever it is well? Like if you're trying to come up with a cleaning rhythm, what do I need to do for my cleaning rhythm that will set up my house to be used in the way that I need to use it next, you know, versus going onto Pinterest and just downloading this cleaning list that may or may not align with what you particularly need to do. So you can just take these ideas and use them however works in your own life. So I thought it would be super fun to end this <laughs> by asking um, each of us, what is a rhythm that is going really well for you right now? And what is one that you're maybe in the messy middle on or needing some work? Because we all have both, right? We have those ones that are automated, like we've talked about. And then we have the ones that we're still in the middle of figuring out. So Macaulay, what would you say is going really well for you and what needs a little bit of work? (laughs) So I think that my cleaning rhythm is pretty on point. I mean, like everyone else, I have the days where my laundry, clean laundry is piled up in the living room and needs attention and needs to be folded, you know. Um, But as a whole, I do feel like I have a good um, handle on just keeping the house pretty tidy and pretty clean. But recently, I've really been in the messy middle of trying to adjust our food needs and our rhythms when it comes to having, you know, really nutrient dense food cooked multiple times or, you know, just at least prepared and available to both the kids as well as my husband when he comes in for lunch and then dinners and then myself trying to 
um, prioritize really nutrient dense foods for myself. So I'm kind of in that messy middle of baking more and working with my sourdough starter, but also knowing I can't really make everything from scratch. So finding that balance, um, also with, you know, when to take the supplements I'm trying to take or to help the kiddos get all of their vitamins and things. So that's something that I keep coming back to the drawing board with and trying to figure out how to really incorporate it to where it's so, um, solid in my rhythm that it ends up being something more automated. So a rhythm that's going really well for me right now is our homeschooling rhythm. I feel like we're really aligned with what my values are for their homeschooling experience right now and that they're getting a pretty good idea of what really matters when it comes to learning and being self-driven and learning. And so we have, like I had said, after breakfast and chores and getting dressed, we sit down and we do our morning basket and I really love that time of connection and we light some candles and we make it really special. But what I'm noticing, um, and I'm in the messy middle end when it comes to our homeschooling, is that on the days when I'm working, which is most days of the week, I am either getting a reading lesson in with my six-year-old or we're getting time outside in nature. And it's really important for me that Right now, she is consistent with her reading lessons because she is learning how to read and she and she's very motivated to do it. So we need to be consistent. But it's also important for me that we get a lot more time outside. And honestly, our, our health really needs that sunshine. So um, I'm noticing that that's what I'm in the messy middle of right now and is just figuring out how to make sure both of those parts of our homeschooling experience do happen every single day, even when I have work and I'm feeling the you know the pressure to get them down for a nap so that I can knock out a work task. Yeah. And I would say that for me, um, I actually would say that our morning rhythm is one of the things that feels so good right now, just the way that it is flowing um, and the way that it sets us up for the day. But I, without doubt, would say that our cleaning rhythm is the thing that I am trying to figure out. Um, I would say basically since Stellan has been born, our house has stayed tidy, but not clean. <laughs> and um, so just trying to figure out how to incorporate some of those like things like mopping, you know, and the stuff that you do actually have to do um, every once in a while. Um, but it actually was super encouraging because just last week, I finally just did a massive brain dump, was able to really identify what parts of that rhythm were stressing me out and even start to brainstorm. So absolutely still in the messy middle, but it really was so encouraging to just do that brain up session, come out of it with clarity and have a lot of ideas for how I can hopefully make it a little more smooth and just something that will eventually become automated. So our whole purpose with this episode of how to build your morning and evening rhythms is to encourage you that you can in- sit down with your own unique lifestyle with your own values and your family's values and feel confident that you can intuitively create a rhythm for your morning and for your evening that makes sense for your unique life. You have all the permission to ditch whatever gurus, rhythms that you feel like you need to do 
you have all the permission to ditch that because if you have that pressure on you that you've got to uh, match up to some ideal with your evening rhythm, with your morning rhythm, it's so tempting to just throw out the whole idea of being intentional with your evening to set up for a good morning and then being intentional with your morning to set up for a good day. It's so easy just to throw out all the intention because you feel like you can't measure up and do what somebody else is doing or that maybe your rhythms are nothing to write home about, nothing to Instagram about. And that's totally fine. You don't need to do anything that is impressive. All you need to do is to be intentional for setting up for the next phase, whether it's going to sleep and having a good morning or whether it's setting up for the rest of your day. It's about what you are uniquely called to do in your own life. That needs to be the focus of the rhythms that you create. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can find out more about our planner at evergreenplanner.com and you can follow us on Instagram at evergreenplanner. And if you have enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to us if you would take time to write a review. It is the best way to help other women find our show. 